exactly what I thought will happen. <laughs> Let's hope it continues to work. Good morning, church family. It's indeed a privilege for us to gather here again today as the saints, to worship him even in the preaching of his word and as we listen to it. We find our reading today in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. Our text will be verse 9, but I want us to start reading from verse 1 for, for background. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 to 10. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent his two disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a cold tide, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord has need of it. And will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a call tied at the door outside the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the call? And they told them that Jesus had said what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the call to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Mighty God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. We shout Hosanna to you, our God, who created the heavens and the earth, the Lord who's planned our salvation, the Lord who's given us his word, we pray that this truth may be told today unchanged, that this truth may become true in our lives. We ask this in your name. Amen. We find our reading at the time when our Lord has actually 
ran the whole course of his ministry. He's entering Jerusalem in the week of the Passover and what will soon become the Passion Week. We will learn that the, the way to Jerusalem was full of pilgrims during this time who are going to observe the Passover and the attendant rituals that had to be done uh, of cleansing themselves before the day of the Passover. And we read that there was a, a lot of expectation. Enemies and friends, disciples and fools were expecting the Lord Jesus to be at the temple also at this time. We read in John 12, verse 12, that the people at the, at the feast who were already in Jerusalem had word that Jesus is coming. And this is the title of our message today for those who like titles. The King has come. So they hear that Jesus is coming and this heightens the expectation of the crowds. The scholars tell us this was a very big crowd. It was hundreds of thousands of people of the Jews who gather at this time to celebrate the Passover. So it is not 500 people. It is a lot of people. Some are already in Jerusalem. Some are still en route. Some are with the Lord going to Jerusalem. And what gets to the temple that is coming? Before that, in John 15, in John 11, verse 55, we learn that the people were asking themselves. Let me read it. Now, the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, what do you think? Do you think he will come to the feast at all? And now there was also a price laid on his head. The chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So probably the crowd was even more than the normal years of celebrating the Passover. Because there's this feature that is not common to the previous Passovers, is this guy who's calling himself a Messiah, and this heightened expectation. It was at the peak of his ministry, his fame was as its highest. He had just opened the eyes of the blind man, Bartimaeus, and to put the cherry on top, he raised Lazarus from the dead. 
So those who've heard, who've seen this, who've witnessed them, cannot stop talking about them. And you can imagine as the crowd swell and go to Jerusalem expecting to meet him. Those who hear about him cannot wait to meet him, unlike us today. It's at this uh, instance that there's crowds who are in Jerusalem who've heard that he's coming and are going to meet him, and there are crowds that are already on their way, and those who are accompanying him, that we meet our text today. They believe that he's the Messiah. They hope perhaps he will do some miracles like Moses and save them from the bondage of the Romans. Whatever the case, our text today comes from the mouths of the multitudes, the crowds. Apparently, one of the census that was done counted the lambs that were slain at a, a Passover to around 250,000, which, which represented 250 families that had come there. You can do the math if it's today's day where families are four people or in the past where an average was 10 people and then we can count into millions. So the crowd shouts out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David Hosanna in the highest. They equal the words of the psalmist in Psalm 108, verse 25 and 26. Save us, O Lord, we pray. Give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. We will see here that the word Hosanna is rendered as save us. And this is exactly what the crowd is chanting in its millions. They declare his kingship. They declare that he's here to deliver us. They declare that he is the Messiah. We read that they lay their garments on the road for the colt that he was riding on to go on it. That in itself is a declaration of a kingdom. The coronation of kings during those times, as we learn from the second kings, uh, verse 9, 13, when uh, Jehu was, was installed as king, anointed by Elisha's servant, immediately when he said, he has just anointed me king, they took out their garments and they put them on the floor for him to walk on. This would probably be something similar to a red carpet that our kings and royalty and presidents of this time get given when they 
enter the parliament or are visitors in a foreign country. What, what they are acting out, what they are doing, and what they are saying is saying one thing. He is king. They reveal him to us this morning like he revealed himself to the Samaritan woman that I am he. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the Messiah. We also learn that this happened as fulfillment of prophecy which further strengthens the fact that this is our Messiah. Don't lose the scene. We are in Jerusalem and there's multitudes, millions of people. We read in the book of uh, Prophet Zechariah, verse 9, chapter 9, verse 9, that rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Whether they realized what was happening, whether they took cognizance, of what they were doing and what is it implying. We do not know, but we should not lose the lesson for us. It is very much possible to be involved in the work of the Lord, in the things of God, and not taking cognizance of what is happening. You are going through the motions. We see here that Christ orchestrates and walks all things together to reveal himself as king in front of the multitude to the utter dismay of his fools who probably thought they will arrest him somewhere in the dark where he is alone and, and murder him. He says, you are not going to murder me in private. You are going to do it in front of a million people. The crowds want, them, want him to deliver them from the rule of the Romans and restore David's kingdom forever. But he knows in his heart that he's going to deliver them from the kingdom of darkness once and for all, he is the Messiah, he is the righteous one, he is the one who comes with salvation, Zachariah says, behold your king coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, the king is come. And unlike what we have known of him who would say, do not tell that I did this, we see him affirming what the crowds do in this instance. 
Christ affirms the claims of the crowds. We see two occasions, one in Luke 19, verse 39. It says, and some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if this were silent, the very stones will cry out. There's no way of hiding him. The king is come. We read again in Matthew 21, verse 15. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. We will learn that once he arrived in the city, he went straight to the temple. He found those who were trading in the temple and he chased them out with a little bit of shampok. And the children have heard the chanting of their parents. This should have been chanted so much more that it sank in them it became even true to them. And they started saying it as he is in the temple. And the Jews are not happy. The Pharisees said to him, and they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? That's 16 of 21 Matthew. And Jesus said to them, yes. Simple answers sometimes. Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? It is not only the crowds that claim he is king who has come in the name of the Lord that deserves the hosannas, but Jesus also affirms them by saying even nature, even something that lacks life as a rock, if they were silent, the rocks would shout, Hosanna. He says, I am, I am what they say. I am the king. I am the son of David. I am the Messiah you are looking for. I am the one who has come to save. It would actually help you if you also realize what is laid bare before you. Secondly, we see him quoting from Psalm 8, verse 2. Haven't you read out, haven't you read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise. Those who are familiar with this psalm will realize that this would have been the worst statement for Jesus to say to people who are accusing him of blasphemy. Because this psalm actually speaks about God himself. And there he is, he saying, I am he. William Marshall is quick to, 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 to record that Unfortunately, the faith of these multitudes and the children that are shouting at the beginning of the week 
It's so thick, it won't even last a week. By the end of that week, they will be sounding a different tune. They will be saying, crucify him, crucify him. When even Pilate says, this is the king of the Jews, the Pharisees will stand up and say, we have no king but Caesar. It is my prayer, it is my wish that we may not be like them. May our faith, may our worship of King Jesus be true, be real, be enduring, be consistent. May we know who he truly is and why he truly came. May we sing his praises continually. Not only when things go our way, but at all times, may we be people who are always shouting Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Brethren, this will only be true for us if we truly know Jesus. Superficial knowledge will not do. Knowing certain stories about him will not do. Resting on the faith of our parents or our grandparents will never suffice. Some of us, our grandparents were Baptists, our parents were Baptists, and that's perhaps the only reason we are here. We've grown up in a church-going family. That's our culture. On a Sunday, we must find ourselves in a church. I'm only here because there's no other church that preaches in English. No. We must know King Jesus. When he entered into Jerusalem amidst the acclamations of the millions, so many years ago, he was revealing who he was and what he has come to do. May we know him. May we believe him. May our lives declare his praises. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens and out of the mouth of babes and infants. You have established your strength and your praises because of your enemies. To steal the enemy and the avenger. To you be dominion, glory, and power now and forever. May we receive the strength and the help from you that our lives may hail you as king. May you bring us to true faith in the true Messiah. Help us cherish who he truly is. We ask this in your name.
Amen.